Welcome to DIY for Business. It's Russ and Greg with you today. We are talking about how a hunch can grow your business. And we are joined by Polly Campbell. She is a author and fellow podcaster as well. Polly, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm looking forward to this talk. You know, Polly, I just have a feeling somewhere in my gut that this is going to be a great podcast tonight. I have that same hunch. We must be on the right track. It's like it was meant to be. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we discovered you because of an article that I found out there on the web, which coincidentally titled How a Hunch Can Grow Your Business. We'll link to that in the podcast description. Uh, But can you tell us a little information about kind of like, how did you come up with this uh, article, this idea? And what exactly do you mean by a hunch growing your business? Yeah, I think this can be interpreted a whole lot of different ways. But as you said, I I have a podcast. I'm a writer. I write articles. And I'm also a solopreneur, right? Is that how you say it? Solo entrepreneur, solopreneur, right? Wow. And so that's a fancy word. That's a fancy word. I'm doing it on my own. And I contract people and so forth. So that means I have thousands of decisions to make about my business every day. Is this the right person to align with? Is this the right contractor to hire? Should I hit up this editor for an article? Would I want to write about all these things? Do I, you know, send this invoice out now? Do I, whatever it is, we all have those decisions to face. And I started looking at better ways, different ways to become a better decision maker. And I realized that the times when I incorporate my rational thought with my intuitive sense or my hunches, I tend to make better decisions. And I've read about, I've interviewed people on my podcast that that are intuitives. But when I really started investigating this in the business world, you know, there's a few heavy hitters hitters that talk about this openly. Oprah, Steve Jobs has talked about his use of intuition to make decisions. Conrad Hilton from the Hilton Hotel Uh, chain and enterprise, they have all talked about times when despite all the information pointing them one direction, they went another route and it made all the difference. And so I became really interested in this idea and how I could use it practically in my own life and my own business. You know, what's really interesting, Polly, is in my business, I interview a lot of people for different jobs and stuff like that. And they come in and and most of them have, you know, beautiful resumes, they're good communicators, and you need to make a decision, right? Who are you going to hire for this critical position within your company? And a lot of times it just comes down to kind of your gut. Like something tells you, something internally just tells me at least that, okay, this person's the right person for this role, for our company, for, you know, our culture, Versus somebody else that's just as qualified or even more qualified on paper or gave a great interview. And, you know, more than anything, that's when I listen to my gut is when it comes down to like people. I absolutely have that experience. And that takes some trust, doesn't it? To sit back and say, well, on paper, all this looks great. And this makes sense, right? I have all the data telling me I should go this direction. But then I got to pick me. I got to pick this hunch. And does that mean you get it right all the time? No. But what I know about intuition is that as we practice it, we get better at interpreting the messages and the signals our body is giving. Those hunches often come through in a physical or sensory way, a vision or a feeling. We 
learn to interpret those signals better so we're able to use it more effectively as we practice. So how do we, now that we know that hunches are like, okay, we we all kind of get them, but how do we like continue to do that? How do we make more, like, I guess, kind of ignite that? How do we, you know, bring more of that into our business? Yeah, well, I think you need to start where you are right now and get used to paying attention to the things you're already picking up. Like, what does your body feel like? Get a baseline when your football team is playing or when you're trying to come up with an idea of what to cook for dinner or you're making a decision about what your kid needs to do, should or shouldn't do, then sit down there in that spot and just pay attention to what your body's feeling. Don't make any decisions or judgments. Just notice Just notice your baseline and do this all throughout the day. So you get a sense about your standard baseline for how your senses are communicating with you all the time. What are you taking in? What are you hearing? How are your thoughts going through? So when you know where you're starting, then you're more able to tune in when you get a little spike in that feeling or something's telling you, no, 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 don't do this or yes, yes, yes. You'll notice that that's different than where you usually are. So that's how I start. I do a little you know, mindfulness exercise at different transitions in my day, just to take a deep breath, just to sit still, just to pause a moment. Um, and sometimes it's it's to pay attention to my intuition. Other times it's just to be mindful and, and release stress. It all works together. But understanding where you're starting can help you identify when you are getting a more intuitive hunch or a gut feeling that you need to pay attention to. And then I think, excuse me, no, go go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to go on and say, and then have a vision for your business so that you have an idea in mind of where you align, of what feels right. So if you notice how your body's responding to different things, and then you're getting these number of decisions coming into your life for your business or the decisions you need to make about where to grow next, then see when you're looking at that vision in your mind's eye, if anything gives you that spike in energy, does something feel right or not right? It's like hiring that person. You have a vision for your business. You know what kind of people you want. Now, if they're all good on paper and they're delivering the skills you need, but you're getting this other sensory, this other perception that, but it's not quite the right fit or this is great, that's when you'll know to pay attention. You you used the word vision a couple of times, and I know in your article you know, you have a whole section about start with that vision. And, you know, all of our listeners know I'm a big time golfer. You're a golfer. Russ is starting to be a golfer. And visualization is really important in golf, right? You kind of, before you hit the shot, you kind of in your head, you kind of see what you want that shot to do, whether it's going to fly high or fly low, right, left, all that kind of stuff. And what I found fascinating in reading your article was how you can use that same kind of visualization technique within your business. And I was hoping that you could just kind of expand on that a bit. Well, I'm big on visualization and I've, I've uh, written about this too, because, and I use this in my own life. What we know is our brain fires on the same cylinders when we're imagining something as it does when we're actually doing it. And I um, have interviewed uh, former Olympic coaches and so forth who have talked about this. They can take a track and field, a, a runner into the lab and they can have them imagine their perfect race and they see their brain activating in the regions 
that they actually activate when they're running the race. So our brain doesn't know when we're practicing or when it's for real. I think in business, in golf, in anything we do, we need to know the direction we'd like to head. Now, things may change, right? I'm not sitting here with a 10-year plan saying it's got to be exactly like this. What I do visualize is how I want to feel, what I want to create, what I want to contribute, and how I want to experience all of that on a day-to-day business, day-to-day basis through my business business, through my family life, through my lifestyle. So when I sit down and I'm thinking about whether something is a good decision to make, or I'm, I'm looking for more data, more information, and, and relying on my intuition as, as well as my research, I'm looking to see if the feeling I get when I think of those things aligns with the feeling I want, with the vision I have for going forward. If I have great data or something looks great on paper and it's really going to pay off big or whatever it is, but I feel nervous or upset, I almost never go forward with that. I have before and I learned from making that mistake that it is not (laughs) a valuable experience. It taught me a lot. So in that way it was valuable, but yeah, but you know, it, it takes some trust to get to that point. And that's why I practice in little ways, like who's going to win the football game so I can learn to trust those hunches. You know, what's funny is really like almost everything outside of business, we sort of go with our gut, right? Like think of like a romantic relationship or something, right? You just, you just go with your gut. It's like, there's no data there. <laughs> well, I guess maybe on some of these apps, maybe there's data. <laughs> <laughs> you never know now, but yeah, absolutely. We, you know, where do you want to go to vacation? It's not like you sit down and pour through all the, you know, sites on the internet. You start with a feeling, what feels right? What, right. what kind of trip, what kind of feeling do I want to have on this trip? You know, and that's how we start that process. So absolutely. We use this all the time. Yeah, it's just funny to me that it's it's so hard to do that sometimes in business to just go with your gut. You know, it's like you want that data to kind of, oh, okay, let's look into this. <laughs> I guess it's the risk that uh, you're just sometimes not willing to take in, in order to, to go with that. The thing is, though, when you think about it, going with your gut nowadays, you know, like let's say you've got like some digital marketing campaign or something. It's so easy to just go with your gut and test and see if you can actually get some data to back it up to see if you are right or wrong, as long as it's something where you're not spending a whole lot on or there's not a whole lot of risk there. So I guess it is kind of a, uh, some sort of mathematical function of uh, your risk uh, with your gut. <laughs> you know, like, is there, uh, is there that much of a risk to this? Let me just go for it. You right. Know? I, and I think it yeah. comes down to how much we trust ourselves, right? When, when I'm doing something new in particular, I'm really dependent on the research. I overstudy everything. I over-research everything. And I think it's my mechanism to avoid making that decision. And the reality is, is that number one, most things we do in life, most things have very little risk, honest, truly, in, in our world. And the other part of that is that if it goes haywire, am I capable of figuring that out and getting the help I need and solving that problem? And when I can answer yes to that, then I'm more free to step out of my comfort zone. But I I mean, it's funny because I'm, I'm working on a, a newsletter, you know, and notes that I'm sending to some of my followers. And 
and I haven't been getting the kind of engagement that surprised me because, you know, I think they're brilliant and why wouldn't everybody <laughs> want porn? <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> so I started looking at that and I thought I needed to send that out at a different time. And I read all the data to decide what time is the best time to send out a newsletter. I mean, how much re- you're, you're right. Why couldn't oh, I have just tried some things? Right. But what happened is in the end, I'm like, no, I mean, this isn't going to work for me. My listeners are these people and this is what they're doing. I'm just going to send it up at eight o'clock at night. And guess what? I went from 28% to 48% the first time. And it's been consistent mm. ever since. So nice. that is is a simple way that you can kind of test out. I got, I got the so-called data. I read the articles from the experts. And then I decided... I was an expert in what I'm doing in my business, in my people, and my message. And it was a low-risk way of kind of testing that out. And it it turned immediately. So I think um, keep track of those times. Pause long enough to know when you're being silly. You know, I have to stop myself. (laughs) You're being silly now. You do not need to do another day researching this. You got to try it, (laughs) right? You got to try it. And, And then gauge if it isn't getting the outcome you want, then sit back and pay attention to the messages in your body. Why isn't it? What doesn't feel right about this? And I bet you'll get some insight that'll help you going forward. And you know, that is one of the issues with, you know, we've got every bit of information at our fingertips, wherever we are, right? You know, it's like, it, it, it's in our pockets. <laughs> it's on our wrists. Yeah. We have all this data doesn't mean we have to go do it, (laughs) you know, like have to go read through it all. At a certain point, you are kind of in a way there's a, there's a time waste there where you're just digging in too much and you just do have to go with a hunch. Well, I think what, what Polly was kind of referencing earlier is like, she knows her business. And I think that's the thing we can't forget is we know our business more than, you know, some article knows our business. Mm-hmm. So the article is good reference point. It gives us some things to think about, but it's not specifically about us and right. our situation. So, you know, you can't ignore, you know, us as business owners really understanding what we're doing on a daily basis. Right. Well, and we've met our customers, you know, the people that's writing those articles that we're reading, they, they've not met our customers. They don't know what our customers are doing. They don't know what they're, you know, if, if we're one of those, you know, businesses that go into people's homes, like you've got a lot of data about <laughs> your own mind and a lot of feeling about your own customers. And those articles aren't going to help you with that. Well, and I think that's an important uh, thought and an important idea, because one of the things that makes our intuition stronger. And by stronger, I mean, we are always getting these feelings, this intuitive hit, but when we are able to interpret them more clearly, they're more effective for us, right? We can use that information that's coming in uh, to be more effective. And it really comes down to experience. This isn't magic. You know, if, if I am doing this business, writing these articles and doing this podcast every day for 25 years to this select group of people, and and these books are selling to these select group of people, that experience is going to give me information that's going to seem to come from nowhere. But it's because I know these people and they know me and I've shared that with them. And so the bottom line is, you know, 
some things. Now, if you ask me to invest in stocks tomorrow, that's probably not going to be an intuitive <laughs> exercise for me. I don't know as <laughs> right. much about that. I need to do more yeah. research and, and accumulate all that information. But when it comes down to trusting where my business is going and, and what my people would find value in, I do know that because I've done it every day for 25 years. And that's the gift of our experience, right? We get to pull in mm -hmm. all those resources. And so to be able to trust that we are the expert when it comes into this thing that we're doing, there's benefit in that that can really help our intuition guide us further, as well as the rational thoughts and ideas we're having. You know, what? Now, now we're getting a little into the psychology of all of this saying that, you know, we're an expert, there's that whole imposter syndrome thing. There's the stress and anxiety of running your own business and making these decisions. I want to get into that. But first, we do have to take a short break here. We'll be back with more DIY for business. And welcome back to DIY for business. It's Russ and Greg. I, I guess we are duo Preneurs, uh, we're talking yeah, with a solo preneur. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we're talking with Polly Campbell. Uh, she's an author, a podcaster, and a solo preneur. Am I saying that right? I, I think know. I am. Right? I think so. I don't know. I don't know. We'll just go with it. <laughs> <laughs> so we were touching on uh, kind of getting into the psychology uh, behind all of this, and you had mentioned the word expert, and now you know it, that's kind of one of those words now where I think, well, you know. Am I an expert at this? Am I really, you know, it's like you start to think that and they're they've kind of, you know, coined that as imposter syndrome. How does that work into business? And if you don't have that confidence that you're an expert in it, can you truly trust your hunches or will you actually even be able to get there? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You can get there. Uh and it depends on the subject and the thing and the decisions I have to make. And that word expert that I used, it, it's not even a great word because I think we short ourselves by seeing ourselves as expert. I want to be someone who is continually learning, but I do, I have learned more about some things than other things. So there's a time to rely on the knowledge we have, and there's a time to explore and go get more. And when we're talking about intuition, I don't wake up in the morning and say, I'm just going to follow my gut and make every decision that way for the rest of my life. I don't. I incorporate everything, just like I use my ears and my eyes to hear and see and pull in information. That way I use my intuition. I use the, the data on the internet. I use the things I read, all of it to help me make my decisions. But imposter syndrome is a real thing. And I... I feel it. And I'm a writer, so I feel mm -hmm. it all the time. Like, what the heck am I writing here? What is the point of this? You know, I can't do this. Oh, yeah. And then you do it. So I think you need to know that 80% of the population does experience imposter syndrome. It is a very normal experience. And mm -hmm. get to work anyhow, right? And the way I use it with my intuition, because of course there are doubts and, and it seems magical. Know that you have the wisdom within you. You have enough experience within you to make the decisions you need to make. You can always find more. So you've got that safeguard, that safety net there. And then practice. You know, I still do this sometimes just for fun. But in the very beginning, when I was testing this out, I would ask myself a question every morning. Um, who's the next person that's going to text you? Who's the next person that's going to send an email? Where will the next client come from? I would just ask myself an arbitrary question that had no basis on the day. And I would sit there for a minute, get a baseline reading in my body, and then write down 
what I thought it would be. And when those things turned up correctly, I created proof pages. See, look at this. I did see oh, a green nice. car on the road or I did do this, right? Mm-hmm. And just kind of tested things out. And more often than not, I was right in that. Nor More often than not, I would have some kind of sensation that pointed me in the right way. And, and truly, I think life is about noticing. I think um, this stuff is out there all the time. So I don't think it's magical. But when we are aware that we have, we can pull in this information and, and go with our gut and, and have the sixth sense, we begin looking at everything that's out there and pulling in all kinds of material that if it's not going to help us with this decision today, it's going to help us with something down the road because we're on alert for it, right? And so that's also a great way of, of applying the proof pages, you know? Ask yourself a single question, a low stakes question, something that has very little risk and pay attention to the sensations in your body or the messages you get or the things that tend to lead you in one direction and see if you get an answer to that question or write it down and, and see how it plays out. Like pick the, you know, the score of your favorite team or um, what somebody's going to want for dinner or whatever it is for you. And then verify throughout the day. And uh, you'll be surprised. It's kind of fun. But it also helped me build trust in some of those questions. Yeah, I think that would be a lot of fun to do. I'm actually going to start doing that tomorrow, maybe tonight for the football game. But how, how how do you prevent doubt? from creeping in because nobody's going to be a hundred percent and, and, you know, and all these predictions and, and following, you know, what you think is going to happen. It's a fun exercise. And I think it's a very valuable exercise, but you know, we're going to be wrong maybe more times than we're going to be right. Sure. How do you prevent or um, yeah. How, how do you prevent doubt from creeping into your thought process? So you still follow your gut down the road for some of the bigger decisions. I don't think you prevent it. I think you you have it. I think you notice it and you say, hey, I, you know, I talk back to myself all the time. Doubt really comes to me in, through my self-critical inner voice. And we all have that. And what I have learned is that, and Stephen Hayes, who's a great psychologist on this topic, has talked about just hear it like the noisy kids in the back of the car. You keep You keep driving the car, you keep going where you're directed where you want to get, but you still hear the noise. And so when those things come in, if it's something really crucial and really big, I might bounce it off a trusted advisor, my husband or somebody I'm in business with that I really respect, or I might do one last piece of research. Um, But I've had doubts the other way too, and it's come back to haunt me. So I really think you notice, you recognize the doubt and you hear it and say, well, I don't know how this is going to go. And I can live with that. Right. So I'm going to go anyhow. When I um, started my business, it was 26 years ago now. And I was employed at a job that I just hated. But I felt like this was the right time to leave and, and, and start my own little company. But it didn't make sense. And so I gave myself a window of time. I spent a year researching, meeting other people in the field, taking in all the information. And when I left after that year, I had a whole lot more information. 
I had just a big a doubt and I also had a new car and a house because I figured I need to buy it now because I'll never qualify for this, right? <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> so Good call. I took on all this debt and all I had was a belief. Now, I didn't tell many people that because that just sounds crazy. I knew it would work. And I didn't get any negative pushback until the day after I had resigned and I was already stuck. But guess what? That day I also got a call from somebody I'd never met who had heard from somebody else and they needed this and I had a client my very first day. So there are times when now, had that not worked, I was willing to take another job. I was willing to go wait tables or do what I needed to do. You have to know what you're willing to risk. But it worked for me and I studied that year and I prepared myself and I also played the hunches with the people I needed to meet all year long. And, um, I, I mean, I didn't just walk off the job is what I'm saying, but I doubted it every moment. And at the same time, it was the only direction, the only thing that kept showing up and pushing me forward. You know, uh, one of the things that I do when I sort of have that doubt in myself, I, I'll turn this to golf since Greg, uh, brought up that we're all, uh, <laughs> Golf. And this is probably my first golf story ever uh, on the podcast, right. but <laughs> I'm glad I'm here for it. Yeah, exactly. Right. So this is a, uh, this is going to go down in history. So, <laughs> you know, it started with me. Like when I first started, it was like, let me get the ball on the green. And there was no way I'm going to do that. Right. Like it's not going to happen. <laughs> like, I mean, maybe if I got really lucky, but then I went with, you know, let me just not lose this ball. <laughs> you know, something really small. I broke it into small little movements. And now, you know, fortunately, I'm to the point of, you know, let me hit this straight. <laughs> you know, I'm not still to let me get this on the green. But it's like, let me just hit it straight. Let me just focus on that one thing and how I'm going to do it. So I think, you know, kind of when you're following your, your hunches, your uh, intuition, it, it's sort of that same thing. Like, how you do everything else, break it down into small little decisions. And I think that would, would help somebody to kind of get to that point of trusting their hunches a little bit more and, and eliminate some of that doubt. I think that is a great point because we all have our own systems, right? We already have our decision-making style. We are already going through these things the way we go through them. So just incorporate this in, don't eliminate everything else, just little bites, you know, look at everything and consider what you're going to do and and then just see, oh, and how do I feel about this in along with all the other things you're considering and, and see how that leads you. You know, I, I, uh, years ago, I got a really big contract for a project and I was late to the meeting because traffic showed up at a place where there shouldn't have been traffic. And, and the, um, something coffee got spilled on the conference table where we we're meeting all these obstacles came up and I felt sick to my stomach the whole meeting and I took the job and it came back to bite me. I knew that whole meeting that it wasn't the right alignment yeah. for me and I didn't pay attention and it really cost me in the long run. So that's okay because you learn from those moments. It's, you're not always going to interpret the wisdom correctly a hundred percent of the time, but you can, hundred percent of the time cope with that. Just bring it in as part of your overall process. And I think it'll just support the direction you're already headed. Yeah. The, the, what you're referring to in, in my head, I interpret it as like, there's signs that will be sent your way. And, and what do you do with those signs? And, and I want to dig in a little bit more about that. I have a, a quick story to tell about signs, uh, but we need to take a quick break. So when we come back, 
we're going to dive into a little bit more about those signals that the universe is sending us sometimes. All right, and we're back. We are talking to Polly Campbell today about our hunches. And and before the break, I kind of teased it with a little story. So about signs. And when I was younger, this this was kind of a weird one. I was getting all these signs uh, and I didn't know how to interpret it. Like all these weird things were happening right around the same period of time. Now, I, it actually resulted in something bad, like kind of what your story was, like all these signs are kind of like, oh, no, I'm kind of sick to my stomach, but I took the job and, you know, it didn't work out. Well, I had a bunch of signs. It was, but I didn't know how to interpret it, right? I knew, I knew things were being told to me. I knew something was going to happen, but I, I, I guess I wasn't in tune with my thoughts or like where this is really should lead me. And then I'm really curious about how do you interpret those signals that get sent to you? I think that's tricky and it totally depends on how you are as an individual. We all do that differently. So that's why I think it's wise to pause and take a baseline and how your body normally feels during the day and what you're, so for me personally, I get the sensation and things just start going wrong, you know, or they start going right. I had a a health scare a number of years ago and I was going on these walks on my lunch break just to kind of clear my mind. And everywhere I turned, I saw flowers coming up through the ground. And this was in winter in Oregon where there aren't a whole lot of flowers. (laughs) And I, I saw the, this growth and I just knew it. I just felt it was going to be okay. And it fortunately it was okay. Uh, and the other story that I was talking about with with this client where neither one of us felt uh, satisfied in, in that business relationship, everything went wrong. I spilled on my suit before I went in. I caught, caught in an unexpected traffic jam. The coffee was spilled. There was a problem with the place we were meeting, all these things. And so in those cases... When it feels like a barrier for me, that feels like a step back. And I don't always say no. I don't always end it. In my mind now, when I get all those obstacles coming up, making things feel so hard, when I feel like I'm slogging through, that's a sign for me to step back, take some more time, get some more information, don't answer right away, right? It doesn't mean I never come back to that thing because sometimes we take on hard jobs that are totally rewarding and we should be a part of that. But I wanted to get more time to interpret those single signals and then ask yourself the question, should I go forward and see what happens in your body? Should I stop this and see what happens? Are you feeling like the world is colorful and and light and you feel relaxed? then that might be for you, your baseline saying, oh, yeah, we're going to give you a little bit of energy here. This is telling you to go forward. You might feel like a drag, which is what I felt that day when I went forward anyhow and and paid a, a financial price as well as physical price because we feel the stress in our body when we're not in alignment with what we should be doing. So know where you are Baseline-wise, your feelings, how things play out. Are you somebody who gets auditory cues? Do you get, you know, chills in physical? Do you, do you, you know, have visions, whatever it is for you? Do you hear happy music on the way to an empowering meeting? And and then if you feel like you're not sure, it's okay to say, 
let me call you tomorrow and sit back with that while you're doing your additional research. Also make sure you're researching that with yourself. Sit back with that and see how you feel later. Oh yeah. Now that's, that's great advice. And though, you know, thinking about that though, let me, uh, let me throw this at you. And I mentioned kind of anxiety and stress and its impact, you know, it's, it impacts our minds and our body. How do we know if this is just kind of the, the natural anxiety and stress, especially since so many people, you know, I mean, the, the numbers are, are huge right now on anxiety post pandemic, but how do we like kind of eliminate that and, and, you know, not have that as one of the worries or one of the factors within this hunch. A person who's uh, an intuitive, and I am not, but who can really, you know, has clairvoyant information or whatever, however they get, and, and does that as a job, they'll say that the wisdom is always within you and the anxiety and stress is blocking that from you, blocking you from receiving that wisdom. For me, anxiety and stress is just like being a mom and being a person who runs a business. And (laughs) it's part of waking up in the morning, you know, so I would be blocked all the time. Mm -hmm. Basically, I think then that is when you need to sit down and say, is this something I'm wishing for because I want it so badly? If you find yourself striving or clinging, that's a time not to make a decision using your intuitive hunch or any decision at all, probably, because I can talk myself into anything. If I want my team to win or I want the business deal to come through or I want the new book contract, I can hold so tight that everything I see seems to be a message sending me forward or backward. What we need to do is find a way to relax so we can tap into our inner wisdom. So that's when I don't make a decision right away. I use relaxation exercises. I'll do deep breathing. I'll meditate. If you're a meditator, go for a walk move your body in more relaxed, listen to relaxing music or soothing music and help yourself clear that stress. So whatever messages or signals you're feeling, you can interpret more clearly. I have to do that all the time. Just clear out the the mess up here of the thoughts because my (laughs) thoughts can convince me of anything. And and that's not what I want to lead with all the time. That's, that's great advice because there's been so many times where I I'm, meeting with business owners and, and they're asking me advice and they're so excited about an idea that is sometimes just obviously a bad idea. I hate to say it, but <laughs> sometimes you can just tell these are bad ideas, but they're so excited that they do find all these signals or whatever you want to call it that says, this is a good idea. This is, this is the way I should go. And they talk themselves into right. moving forward with sometimes a bad idea just because they're feeling excitement. They're feeling an energy. They're feeling, uh, you know, something that's telling them this is the right thing to do. But like you were saying earlier, you'd also need that counterpart that somebody you trust that you could share the idea with just to kind of balance it out, just to see if, uh, okay, is this a good idea, bad idea, you know, Thankfully, a lot of the times I hear these ideas is because they use me as that counterpart so I can give them, you know, an honest opinion of where I am with it. I don't expect them to follow it, but at least I could share, you know, some other thoughts in making that final decision. I try not to make major decisions from a place of high energy or intensity. And I'm a very fired up, intense kind of person. But I try, like, I'll give you an example. A couple months ago, I had this great idea for a new book. The best idea ever. This is it. Bestseller, you know, all these things. (laughs) 
And I, I, for, I challenge myself to wait 30 days. I develop the idea and I think about it, but I want to carry that same excitement through the whole writing process. And if I can't do that, it's, it's hard to write a, a good book, one that has the value I want to bring. It's not a good idea. It was a good idea for an article. It was something I was excited about. But I am, I'm re- I was looking for that idea. So I had talked myself into something that would not have been the right fit. That doesn't mean it was wasted time, right? We have to try things out. But I try for the decisions that are really going to impact my business or myself or my family in, in you know, the, the going forward, the long term. I don't want to make those big decisions from a place of high excitement. So I let the excitement wash over me. I sit with it. When I quit my last job to start my business, that's why I gave it a year because this was the perfect idea the first night I came up with it. And after a couple of weeks, like (laughs) this is really scary and I have a lot of work to do before I'm ready to do it. So let that emotion, feel it, use it to motivate you, but give yourself that that space to tap into all the resources that are out there to figure out what you want to do going forward. Polly, it's been fantastic for you uh, to join us. If you at home, you, you want to listen to more of Polly, that's easy to do because Polly has her own podcast as well. Tell us about yeah, it. Yeah, come to Polly Campbell Simply Said. It's wherever, you know, uh, Spotify, <laughs> where, wherever there, Apple. Everywhere. Yeah. All those podcast places. <laughs> it's in all the podcast places. And I have Thanks. a newest book called You Recharged, um, which you can find at all good bookstores. And my podcasts and my books are really about how to tap into the energy of everyday life, how to elevate our experience. I call it practical personal development. And it's about how to live well, do good, be happy, and the little steps we can make along the way to create the life we want to create, whatever it is. So that's you can awesome. get that on simply Polly Campbell Simply Said, my website polycampbell.com and Facebook and you know all the stuff. Buy the book you recharged. <laughs> I'm I'm everywhere. <laughs> Thank you so much for being Thanks, here. Polly. My pleasure. I enjoyed it. Thank you. All right. And we're gonna put links to all of that in the podcast description. So if you want to get Polly's book, visit her website or check out her podcast. There's a link for it right there in the description. There's also a link to our Twitter account. If you haven't followed us yet, Greg's been doing some great tweets out there. You got to check them out. So make sure you do that. And it's a great way to communicate back with us. We'd love to have other entrepreneurs join us on this show, or I guess solopreneurs, as we're calling it today, uh, join us on the show here. And the best way to do that is to just hit us up there on Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you for subscribing to DIY for Business. Everything, all of the advice that we give you here is just that, you know, it might work out for you. It might not. We, however, want the best results for every business out there, everyone that's listening to us. We want to help your business grow. We thank you for listening to DIY for Business. And remember, you are not alone. Have a great week and we will talk to you next time.